Here comes the biggest news ever. Trek Off the Motion Picture is available on Amazon Prime. That's right. The movie version of the podcast you're listening to. An actual movie. A motion picture on Amazon Prime. Available in the United States and the UK. Just go on Amazon and search for Trek Off. The word Trek Off. One word. And you can watch us. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can you can like rent us or buy us. We're available on DVD on Amazon. But like streaming on Amazon Prime. And listen, please watch because it really helps us out. And share it. Give us good reviews. And share it on your Facebook page stuff, man. I'm just excited. Check out the motion picture. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. My name is Alexia. Hey, a little behind the scenes note for you. Um, we wish we were living in the era of Star Trek where all that would happen is that computers would try and take over the ship and kill you because... <laughs> See, don't put that shit out there. Now it's going to happen. And now they know. No, it's, here's, here's, here's the truth. Uh, uh, we have discovered time travel in that, uh, in, in that uh, glitches in our computer has made us travel like an hour ahead in the future from when we were going to start the show. Um, and so if we seem a little rushed and a little frustrated, uh, I wasn't going to tell you, but you know, we got to be honest with you guys, man. You, you, I mean, you're, you're, you're important to us and it's important to us that we, that we be honest with you about the fucking bullshit that computers cause sometimes. I'm just saying. Well, I'm sure it doesn't help that we both, you know, well, no, not you. You usually have pretty up to date shit, but my shit is generally speaking like old you see, I'm, but but I go the other way. I do have all the up to date shit, but all the up to date shit like conflicts with all the other shit. So, <laughs> so, and then and the reason I've up to date shit is I'm like, oh, shit's not working. I better get something I new. Better get some new shit. <laughs> and I get the new shit, and the the problem that I that I was trying to fix is fixed, and I just have two new problems. Right. <laughs> so, like typical. I remember, I had like a, that episode I, when everything was. Remember, like where they would fix a thing. And then there would be like five other things that would go wrong, and they like it was the whole mystery of what the fuck was going on with the ship and why it was systemically well, just. I mean, I had I had a uh, I I had a um a car like a like a, a old nineteen eighty four Buick Skyhawk that lasted like twelve years, a cheap car that lasted twelve years because all it was was a car. There's no computer in it. There's <laughs> nothing. All it was was a car. It's a car. That's all it was. But now, 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 my I, my new car like has sensors and cameras and blah blah. And I'm just that like, shit can get fucked up. I feel like I'm driving a china shop. <laughs> yes, and uh, I mean, and there's gremlins in there, man. Like they they get in and then it's fucking over. Like I am. Like, that's why I'm so like this truck that we have from like 1988. It's like, it's great because it's, yeah, you're right. Like, it's just, it's just a vehicle. It's mostly mechanical. And that's not to say that mechanical shit can't fail. Obviously, it can. It can. But, but there's no fucking computers to send false signals, bad signals, wrong signals. Like, agreed. There's just, there's none of that. And the thing is, that's just, it's just so fucking buggy. Ultimately, it will be like when it first is brand new and shiny. It maybe you know isn't, and it's all ooh and ah. And, How and is I it love again? that sorry? shit. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. It's like, like to submit. Ooh, la 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 la. <laughs> then you sing. Um, la 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 la. Like um, even yeah, that's yeah. I just yeah. there's there's uh, more that can get fucked up, man. Why? It's like my gripe with the Xbox One. You know, like it used to just be a gaming system, and now it's you know it's Microsoft, and they've Microsofted it to death, and it no. doesn't work anymore. I mean, it still it, works, but it's like shitty. It works. Yeah, it's not shitty. like it's not like it used to be. <laughs> yeah, it's Arr. not all clean. Arg used to be. Arg. Why get off my lot? <laughs> <laughs> Silly kids. Anyway, so we have some <laughs> interesting stuff to talk about today. Um, I saw the Thor trailer. Did you see the Thor trailer? Because you made me. Yes. It was so great. Only you would say that. Uh, no, everybody says that. How can you? Everybody out there loves this trailer. I don't uh, under. I I yeah, I fail to. Speaks to what's wrong with the world. I mean, I'm not saying it's a piece of shit or anything, but like. I fail to understand uh, how you could not like this trailer. Enlighten me, as you would say. Enlighten me. I I don't know, man. It was just it's it's like. We we we're cutting his hair and then putting him in a tournament and then he's facing off against the Hulk. I mean, yeah. I grant you, it was mildly amusing when he was like, "Yes, I know him from work." That's cute and funny. Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't. I and I was and seeing Jeff Goldblum in it, I dug because I love yeah. him. And, um, and and Gila is in it. It's it's uh, Kate Blanchett as Gila. She looks great. Yeah, I thought that was Kate Blanchett, and I was like, that's you know quite the departure from Galadriel. You know, it's like, and it's funny because like I just saw something where she was re- where they referenced Galadriel. I don't know why, and and it was like this shot of her all you huh. know Galadriel like, and it's all, pretty much the polar opposite of what we and, see and the visuals um, are great and everybody's got cool helmets like everybody's got cool headdresses I mean, the helmets are i mean so that's that's part of it okay for me is the helmets are kind of a, a little bit ridiculous that's what they look like in the comics i'm aware of that but like they had have sort of traditionally prior to now not really uh done so much with the crazy helmets that look like exactly from the comics and therefore are kind of wild and out there well they've been there i mean loki loki wears his horns in the avengers and thor has but like his... not a lot like briefly you know what he's I mean? got a, he's got like a scene with them on where he right. comes out and he's like kneel before me right it's his kneel i will never Zazi. kneel before you you know but other than that you know what I mean? I feel like it's, but this feels a little more, I, I don't know. I mean, the art direction's okay, I guess. I don't know why we had to cut his hair. I'm not sure the the purpose of that other than, you know, maybe he had another gig going on. They're like, it's like the hair is No, because the they could have put him in a wig. Know. No, they, it's just something they did in the 80s. It was like a lot of the 80s stuff is being referenced in this. Um, As a matter of fact, so somebody said- cut Thor's hair in the 80s? I'm just not aware yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. He okay. had he had short, shorn hair, and he didn't have the hammer anymore. He had an axe, and he, you know, and this is like part the Ragnarok story that he had, and then part a, a story called Planet Hulk, and they're kind of blending him together. I don't know. I like, I like, I don't understand what in the world that trailer could have possibly made you feel bad about. I mean, it's, it's I saw Here's somebody- Here's the thing. There was yeah. no substance to it. It was just fun. 
Right. That's kind of my point. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there was no point to it. So I don't have, I have no reason to be as excited as you seem to be. Like, Do I you enjoy, like Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, but it had heart. The trailer didn't have necessarily heart. The trailer was just like, look how fun this is going to be. Like, I think that, I think. I the mean, sec- yeah, I guess so. The trail, you're right. The trailer was mostly just fun, but we hadn't seen any of those people before. Well, I think that they're trying to. So I think the second Thor movie, for all its fault, was trying to have heart. Like it was done by the guy, people who did Game of Thrones. They're trying to show, you know, the the, the movie itself is trying to show Thor's, you know, the 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 difficult you know his mom dies and he and it fails i don't think i think the movie is is i mean i think all the marvel movies are pretty good but i think that it is you know it is on the bottom of most people's lists like if not on the very bottom the bottom three is always going to have thor 2 um on it but they were trying to go for you know the 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 deep dark well of the soul there for and I think that they they realized and I think rightly so those movies are nobody's favorite nobody really really digs those movies but they dig Thor in the Avengers because he's so funny and he and it's fun so I think that the idea of this trailer is you know I, I saw somebody say this trailer is so bright and fluffy compared to the others they might as well call it as Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> <laughs> I can see that um which not my joke, but it's funny. Um, yeah, but I, and I I thought for some reason, and I guess maybe this is Doctor Strange's fault, because I had this expectation that we, that I was going to get to see a flick with him and and Loki, like on a mission together to do something, and I, that while funny, would have had substance and been something I really wanted to see, and so this is not that, and therefore was like, oh, okay. That's I I can I I totally disagree with you, but I can see how you would feel that way and how this trailer would make you concerned about that. Um, I think that I think that what this trailer is trying to do is say, hey, Thor is going to be one of the fun ones. Thor is going to be, you know, one of the ones that, you know, we tried to make it deeper and it didn't really work. So Thor is going to be one of those ones where it's just a party. And I kind of I dig that as an idea. I just think that 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 is. That's a worthwhile way to go with a character that they, in his own movies, have never really quite gotten right, if that makes sense. I disagree. I feel like in the first Thor movie, they got him right. He, you know, was brash and kind of didn't realize his, um, what, what you know, the potential they had to kind of live up to. You know, he just expected everything to be handed to him, a sort of entitlement thing going on there. And, and I mean, I yeah, I get that. They, have, but you had but nobody loved being, it. That's. I liked the first one a lot. I th- I thought it did like I was that I really enjoyed it when it came out. It 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 was a hoot, and, and I did too. I mean, but you and I and are in the minority was, there. I mean, I, really? we really are. The people don't people don't agree with us on that. Why? Like, what's the fucking beef with that flick? I think th- I think they just feel like it doesn't live up to your Iron Mans and your and your well, and your Avengers, and I think that people just feel like it know, doesn't guess- it doesn't get there. That it doesn't get where? Like, what's the destination? <laughs> I mean, I think the destination is always Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, I think that's... <laughs> I, I think that people feel like you have... Like, Iron Man and Avengers 1 
and Guardians of the Galaxy were the big surprises. And I think that that they're always trying to reach back to there. I do think somebody did say that it's to the point now where Marvel movies are very, very good at what they're doing, but they've gotten it so down to a science that as soon as you recognize that it is the science, then you're, you know, then you're going to have you're going to have problems because yeah, it's, like it's it's because you're just I formula. see the yeah I see all of that yeah and it's so apparent in the trailer and it's and the, like the fucking the song that's playing the oh I dig the song that, who doesn't like uh, Led Zeppelin it's a great song I fucking love the song don't get me wrong but it's 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 again it's it's so produced it's I can see behind the curtain. That what they're so trying to well. do. They're, just like Guardians of the Galaxy, here we go. Isn't it? I mean, even Suicide Squad tried to try to do that. You know, like like, hey, we're gonna rock it out with some music now. I get, I get it. I just, it's still, I don't know. I it's when I when he goes, yes, because you I just want to see him fighting the Hulk. I mean, then yeah, I don't want to just see him fighting the Hulk though. I want to see like in Avengers two. It, it was a matter of fact. I just rewatched Avengers one the other day, and I will tell you. Every time it's Thor and the Hulk on screen, not just them fighting, but they're, you know, the Hulk's little punch of Thor and 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 then the way that Thor interacted with Banner in the second one. I dug that. I want that. Like, I really want I dug that. that, too. Don't get me wrong. But that's but realize that those are little moments sprinkled in in something bigger as a and it's yeah. like taking that little moment and making it a whole movie. I'm like, I don't know that that's going to work for me. Huh? You know, anyway. like I just I need more than just a sp- I've, I've been older. Like I mean, I guess in my old age, I just I'm <laughs> I need more than just spectacle. I I need something more than just spectacle. And and I might and I'll watch it and I'll you know, it'll probably be a fun ride for the most part. You know what I mean? But I'm not gonna I'm not like so excited now that I've seen the trailer. And I just can't wait for it to come out or you know none of that is happening for me. It's just well. Like, I hope I hope oh, the next another trailer big gets blockbuster. Okay. I know that our next show that we record and we're you know always a couple weeks ahead, so it's going to be old news. But uh, in three days, they're going to have the trailer for the Last Jedi, and so I'm I'm very this interested. Is after in... the Force Awakens? Yes. Okay. I'm I am curious to see um, how that's gonna. My understanding: the movie is just two hours of Luke standing on on a cliff, just <laughs> a cliff staring, just staring. <laughs> People so walking up to him trying to get him to talk. That's the beginning of your Jedi training. You just have to sit there and just <laughs> like, like going take up, it and not know what he's like saying. He's, like he's like, one of the palace guards in London. Like just yes, like, yes, trying to get exactly. him to talk. <laughs> just trying to get him to talk to do anything really. They couldn't get him back, so smile. they actually just used the same shot over and over again of him. And then they like cut to rage. She's like. So, were you gonna say anything? She comes up. Nothing. Oh, dude. Speaking of which, though, <laughs> have you seen the bad lip reading? Yes. Oh, guys, there's <laughs> the there is a bad lip reading. Google oh, yeah, right now. So anybody good. listening right now, go out there and Google bad lip reading. Force Awakens. It's For astounding. Force Awakens. It's so my favorite is 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 the the stuff they have Chewbacca saying. Yeah, it's Chewbacca's. Because, oh, and 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 it's because the voice is so silly. It's just like, ah, you know, like. And, and Mark Hamill is doing the voice of Harrison Ford, which is fucking hysterical. Which I love, by the way. I love um, that too. Also, in geek news, before we get to our Trek uh, talk today, um, uh, I finished Iron Fist last night. Okay, I still have not started it. 
Um, like you have a choice, Alexia. You have a choice, just like <laughs> just like Neo in the Matrix with the red pill and the blue pill. You can either um watch it or just Wikipedia it and just read what happens in it so that when the defenders comes on you can understand what's happening on the show um can i tell you that bad wow it's utterly disappointing at all times and and you keep thinking it keeps acting like it's going to get onto the cusp of something better and it never does um i will say this unequivocally first it's a kung fu show with the worst action sequences of all the marvel shows that's terrible. Um, it yeah, that's, is that's sort of a show called Iron Fist where the character of Iron Fist is terrible and the actor playing Iron Fist is also terrible. Oh, no, um, he's not good. He it seems is, okay in the trailers. Um, it's He's good for trailers. He's a pretty man. Um, although he's real. I hate to you. Know, I hate to ever body shame. Um, body shaming is something that we don't like to do to everybody's got a, you know, a body that's worthwhile, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> a body that's worth a while, blah, blah, but blah. But I, I will I will say that I was I was watching I was watching with Mrs. J. I was watching with Mrs. J. And I said to her, he took off his shirt. This guy needs to eat a sandwich. I just this is the thinnest dude as a superhero that I've seen. And I am a thin dude um, that you I are, have maybe 10, 15 extra dude. pounds on me that I could lose of fat. But I don't have a ton of muscle. And I said to I said to Mrs. J, who was sitting to me, I said, I, I, I said, this is I paused. It. I was very angry. I was like, you know what? The world is filled with with sexualized like like every every superheroine who comes in. She's super hot. She's got the big perky tits. And she's got I said, now you got a show called Iron Fist. And it's about a guy with no shirt fighting. This is for you, honey. This should be for you. And they like this guy clearly didn't work out ahead of time very much. And he's supposed to be a superhero. It's supposed to be. And I know it's the it's the littlest thing to go. Why isn't this guy so big and buff? But I think it speaks to this guy doesn't look like he trained. Like you see like what Hugh Jackman looks like in real life. And then what he looks like when he's playing Wolverine. You know what I mean? And you see sure. what Chris Hemsworth and what he looks like when he's playing Thor. They become superheroic. And this guy. Sure, but here's the thing. I mean, at, at least my with martial arts, like, is he is he muscular though? Because like, he doesn't he need is, to be stacked. Because I, you know what, like, no, I'm but he needs to, of the greats but, in. But if he's not going to be stacked, he needs Jet to be ripped. Ever looking stacked, but yeah, but like, if he's not going to be stacked, he needs to be ripped. You know, they like like Tobey Maguire's abs in Spider Man was cool. They were still he still had some some beef on him. This guy didn't. And he couldn't do the fights, and he didn't look right doing it. It really seems I mean, that's, like that's a that is a bigger problem. Like well, if, the whole thing is a problem. It's, it, here's it, it speaks to one thing, and I and I and I came up with why it bothered me. So one because, like I said, you know, remember, and I know you hate that I bring it up, but remember how you we were so happy to see some blue dick in in Watchmen when we all saw it together. <laughs> yes. Like like because it because it's about time. You know what I mean? Like if you know, damn yeah. sure. Damn, damn sure Wonder Woman comes out, she's going to be wearing, a, a, you know, the Wonder Woman top that, that perks up her boobs. Damn sure that that uh, the Black Widow's going to be wearing skin tight leather. And you know what? Damn sure if the show's Iron Fist and he walks around with his shirt all off all the time, which he does like this is this is like 
Arrow gets it right. Put him on a fucking salmon, salmon ladder and just have him work out for a half hour and the ratings go through the roof. Like, it's just, <laughs> and so I does mean, Mrs. And to J. to be clear, let's not do that. I mean, because, I, and, and I'm in no way saying I have a, any problem or beef with the salmon ladder because I don't. I don't think anybody can have a beef with that because damn. But for me, it's not even it's not even about how hot he is doing it or anything. It's what it, it's what it represents. It's it's the fact that whenever he does that shit on the show, he like is carrying on a conversation without even being out of breath whilst doing it. Sure. And that just ADR is volumes. a wonderful thing. <laughs> right. But 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 like you don't when you're caught up in the world. Right. You're yeah. not thinking about the ADR. You're thinking, wow, this guy is that fucking badass that he can do something that physically challenging without it like as though he's like sitting down to fucking tea well and also he's a superhero and that's the thing he's a super you know when tony stark is building the fucking reactor in iron man 2 and he's got the hammer up like robert downey jr he's got some beef on him like he worked out to get there he's He's not thor yeah, he's he doesn't, not super. He doesn't need to be Thor, but he looks like he's he's heroic looking, and he's a comic book hero looking. This guy isn't, and it, and the, and I don't want to blame him, like like in a body Here's shaming the, way. Like, but, yeah, because that that doesn't like that. Honestly, it, it, from what I'm hearing from you is I could care less what he looks like, how attractive he is, what his body looks like, any of it, if he's pulling off the fights and that shit looks really good. Because that's what actually matters to me. Like, as you know, I watch Into the Badlands, and sure. I'm, I'm partway into season uh, two now. And and I like one of the things I really love about the show uh, is the the diversity in the casting. Not just that there's you know not everybody's you're just white, but uh, which they aren't. But there's also even amongst the white people, right? There's there's this thing you know that I have about our you know sort of hollywood and and filmmaking and t- tv producing in general this idea that everybody there's a you ha- you have to look a certain way and it sure. has to be yeah. really cookie cutter pretty. this is this and, is what is attractive right and is. on the and on that show there's like only really like two characters that i feel like i can point to with that like the widow she is your traditional very pretty red-haired you know, and this other girl, the girl that was on, uh, who played Aurora on uh, the Once Upon a Time, who is very, very cookie cutter, typical, you know, skinny, you know, pretty, white, semi-plastic looking, is sort of interchangeable. But, like, this guy that's playing, say, this, the son of one of the barons, like, he's not at all, like, I, he's got, like, birthmarks, like, on his face. That like the only reason I would see him being cast in another show was would be if that was the point, if they were making a point of how he looked and these these birthmarks on his face or something. You know, there's like not even a thing. He just he's he's a guy. He's a person, you know, and you've got this other girl who's like, you know, the the widow's like first. And I don't know. Do you remember Real Genius? I fucking love that movie. Yeah. The chick who played Jordan. Yeah. She looks just like her. Huh. Okay. And so that's a very interesting look. It's not your typical like I find it attractive, you know what I mean? But it's not that 
very typical look that you see of women in Hollywood. Well, I, um, and you know, it's interesting. There's an, an interesting show. For, I also, um, last weekend, uh, my my dad was in town. And he decided to show me a show he's watching. Uh, he's watching Fargo. Um, which oh, I we, haven't had a chance watch, to watch it. We watched the first three episodes. It's on Hulu. Um, uh, and it looks like the whole show is on Hulu, which is cool. Like, you can watch the entire first season. And stuff. Um, it is... It's really dark, but uh, the female lead of the show is maybe just like like a little bit overweight and she's still very pretty and she's not like fat to the point where like fat is the point. You know how there's that? Like, right. Yeah, like no, early, exactly. Like you like, can't like be early, heavy, but it's like because you're heavy, right? Early, early like early Melissa McCarthy movies were like, look at, look at the heavy, look at the funny fat girl. That's what that was. Right. Those were. Or the, you know, like Chris Farley, the funny fat yeah. guy. Like um, that's. But, <laughs> but this, uh, uh, sorry, but this, um, this show, she is uh, a perfectly uh, like three dimensional character, and she's not. She's just kind of real, realistic looking, like real person looking, and it's it's really refreshing to see. That's so I, yeah, I fucking love that shit. I mean, um, I, I dig it, and I, and on and the thing is, and in, in Into the Badlands, like you've got sort of this spectrum of the like people just kind of looking like they look, but they. I mean, the fucking fight sequences of that show, like, and I'm not trying to say it's, it's there's any grounding in realism, but there's, you know, in a superhero. But they should be impressive. Environment, there kind of wouldn't be anyway. And it's like they, but I remember watching behind the scenes on the thing and they spend like months training, fight training, all of the characters before they fucking film. And it's like, that's, it's like, I mean, what we started, pre- I mean, I want to say that kind of started with the Matrix. So that's that's the first yeah well I can and that's kind of the really thing remember and that's, it being the thing like okay you guys are gonna be doing a lot of fighting and we really want it to look good like it's you so you yeah. guys have to fucking do this shit so that means you have to train for realsies well and, and that's the thing that, that 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 and i that goes back to him looking like he needed to beef up a little which is which is the character looks a certain way in the comics and he doesn't look, have to look exactly that way in the comics, but there is a a superheroic look that it looks like he was starting to try to achieve, but just kind of didn't get around, not didn't get around, but probably didn't have time to, because it looks like the show was kind of written on the fly. It looks like the choreography. Does it feel like it was just rushed or something. It looks, yeah, like, I, I feel like I feel needed. like if he had spent, like if if he had acted like the person who is the the lead of a show called Iron Fist, he should have been in the gym pounding the weights, you know, pounding the weights three hours a day and then learning the learning the moves another six hours a day. And that should have been the month before because he's the guy on the front of the box. And there's yeah. and, and Hugh Jackman really had that work ethic. Just like, look, if I'm going to do Wolverine every single time I come out as Wolverine, I'm going to give you the best that like the Wolverine you always wish you could have had. That's what I'm going to try and give you. And I never got the sense that that this guy in particular, the actor or more to the point, the show is trying to give us the iron fist. We always wish we could have. Um, I feel like like you feel like it was like we're doing these Marvel shows. They're working out. We'll just do Iron Fist and it'll. Yeah. Be and it just like so like, like I the, do. I do have a problem with like like I said, I in the end. I don't care how he would have looked on the other side of it. If he looks skinny and doesn't make, doesn't feel like that guy would be superhero or, or tough that I could act, I could care less about if he looks like he can fight. If he's, you know what I mean? Like, cause there are some people who he looks your gaunt. body type is he a looks, certain he way looks, or he whatever, looks but 
He looks gaunt. Sure. I guess and what that's... I say, I'm like, I'm, I'm always less concerned with the appearance of a thing it, when it comes to something like that than the way that you move and are. And yes, I feel like you've got, like, when you're doing a, a show that fighting and the, and the fight sequences are a big deal and when, you know, it's kind of basically a, a martial arts fighting show, like, you better, that needs to, you need to be fucking training. Well, There's to get no... off of to get off of him and get to Iron Fist, Iron Fist also kind of sucks. He sucks at being Iron Fist. He's uh, like at the end of they're, they're like first of all they're it, the the show's thirteen episodes long. There are good six episodes that don't have any fight scenes. And when you're called Iron Fist, that's the point of your show. It should there should be something in there. I would tell you of the six episodes where there are fight scenes, he fights the big fight at the end of quite a few of them. And sometimes the big fight is just against a guy. It's like a guy, a slightly bigger than normal guy who's like, you know, a security <laughs> guard, you know, it's the big fight. And you're like, you, this I mean, is, I'm not like you where I need to have a fight every episode or no, something. I don't need to have a fight every episode but... either, but on a, on a show that is called iron fist and I'll get to the other stuff about the show, but that when the point is, it's supposed to be a martial arts show. It's not give like I don't think that Jessica Jones needed to have a fight every episode, nor did I think Luke Cage Daredevil. I want like struck the right balance of like, we're going to give you a bunch of action because he's Daredevil and that's what he does. Like if you have a Spider-Man show, you got to have him swinging from time to time. Sure. Um, you've got it like just and I'm not saying all it has to be every you know episode or every second. But yeah, you have to have it in there. But Iron For Fist, sure. like you get to the end of the episode and. Slightly bigger than everybody else guy is in the hall and he really has a hard time with the hall. (laughs) They're trying. They're trying to make this guy like this is the boss battle and the boss battle is like against people that I'm like Iron Fist should not even be labeled a superhero. He's yeah, just like, like there is something to be said for that. I was like, like on Arrow, they feel like they they generally did a pretty good job, at least when they started out um, that when he was taking on people. It wasn't dif- it wasn't terribly difficult, and usually he was taking on groups. And when he yeah. wasn't, it was when he was you know up against fucking uh, Barrowman. So yeah, <laughs> like, or someone managed to get a lucky shot in or something. It's not like this. It's like this guy struggles against everybody every he single against. time. Like, I mean, but what's his backstory? Like, is that is that legit? No, he is. is he su- no, he, he is supposed, supposed to. to the backstory the, of, I don't know. The backstory of the Iron Fist is that he gets the power of the Iron Fist because he is the absolute best kung fu guy in all of in all of this mystical realm oh, called wow. Kung Lung. Um, okay, like he is so, supposed yeah, he to be the be best of the best. Badass then at that point, like I really, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it. It'll be interesting once I finally. I am convinced it. Um, that my son's Taekwondo teacher is better than this guy. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's the, the character, and not just because the actor can't pull off the moves, but because like he's going up I mean, against if the guys. The choreography that... is not very good either. Then it, you know, but the story is also like this. The, 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 even if it was the greatest fight in the world, it shouldn't be the greatest fight in the world against this guy. This guy has no. There's no justification for this random guy in the hallway to be so to, good to be able to beat the. You know, it's just oh, and the that's the so villain is played by Faramir from Lord of the Rings. He's not as uh, he's not terrible but if you put him up against you know Kilgrave from Jessica Jones or you put him up against the 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 one two punch of the two incredible villains in uh in Luke Cage or you put him up against you know either the Punisher or the Kingpin from Daredevil like he just doesn't 
great. And sure. like, so it's just like it's when you have bad writing and bad action on a show where the guy doesn't look particularly super heroic in and he his character yeah, isn't like that well written. Basically, it seems like you're, it seems like it's not firing on any cylinders. No, that's the I'm thing. It's not. And, and the one thing the one thing sure. that it has like semi interesting side characters and the plot is well. Yeah, enough I remember seeing in the trailer like this chick and she looked pretty cool. And I was calling me. She's the her. she's the best thing about the show. She and of course, Rosaria Dawson is in it as Claire. Um, right. But she's even the worst version of Claire that we've seen at the beginning. She gets better by the end. But at the beginning, she's she's, you know, she's like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to leave y'all to it. Like, it's just like, ugh, really? That's not what Claire has ever been. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it feel, yeah, it sounds to me as though. And, and you know what? There's some fatigue in general, because like I've noticed, for instance, um, like in the last season of Arrow that I watched. The like I remember the fight sequences in Arrow used to be the shit. Yes, and I have noticed a distinct drop off. Oh yeah, and, no, it's clearly they it's, they've got a stunt squad, and the guy in the stunt squad looks a lot like Stephen Amell. So they clearly go off and create the the, the moves are still cool, but they go, it's clear. No, that, not even that. Still, like I'm saying that the, like the fights have gotten less good, and not just from a choreography standpoint, but from a filming standpoint from an angle standpoint well that's what i'm saying it's like, it's clearly it's clearly around. that it's clearly that because the fights aren't integrated into the story it feels like there it feels like a machine it feels like they swing into area fight happens then fight ends and then they have their stunt team who just went off and made a fight and the b and the second unit shoots the fight yeah i i i see it um yeah this and is something and i else. wonder and to be clear that it's, it's hard i'm sure it's hard to to maintain a level you know what i mean on any show that's why the story's got to support it which yeah is... like that's why you've got to have really solid story i think because i think you can forgive the other yeah. shit if you do and i'm I, not having yeah. experienced you know any of iron fist yet i don't know i mean and if the guy if the guy can't carry it like looks aside right if he's not as an actor pulling it off yeah and he's that, not I mean, like if you think of how tortured like matt murdoch is or you think of you know how how you know nuanced jessica jones is this guy is is giving you exactly the reading you with it like he's he's not terrible terrible but he's like you know but he's not interesting either he's, he's like beam he's like b movie actor good like he's he's okay he he could definitely pull off a lead and you know in in a b movie but he's not like he is not like marvel that next to Star Wars, the biggest entertainment that they should be able to find, like the guy, and they have so far. Charlie Cox and and Kristen Ritter, and I mean they're they're like Luke Cage, like they're spectacularly perfect for what they do. I yeah. don't know. Uh, I mean, anyway. I, I see the guy in action except for the trailer. And he seemed okay there, so I'll have to watch reserve. two episodes and then decide whether. Or not and I'm you sure should. I will because I just I finished watching a really bad movie on on the Netflix recently myself, and it was like, wow, this is. Yeah, I mean, this is 13 hours. It might be worth your while to just like do the research ahead of the defenders to just know what happened. You know, which is which no, is. I will sub I will subject myself to it because I want to know, and because and because I was really excited for it. And sometimes I like really, really, really disagree with you. I'm hoping um, this is one of those times. Go for it, and you are more forgiving of some things. It's weird. It's hard to tell with you because the Thor trailer everybody is in love with. 
and you're like <laughs> and you're like yeah yeah but then that like other like random movies that nobody really likes you're like i think it was good it was fine <laughs> it was fine problem star trek star trek insurrection was it was okay it was okay um i want to talk real quick uh our star trek discussion for today um about uh about a phenomenon in shows that happen um and in star trek in particular happened three times that i can think of um which is uh the phenomenon of of main characters on the show that leave uh, a show where, and I want to be clear about the kind of thing it is, because it's not, I'm not talking about a show like Lost, where the main cast evolves over the course to a completely different main cast. Because, like, by the end of Lost, like, you have a bunch of people who are in at the beginning, or Buffy, even. Like, if you look at the main characters at the end of Buffy, like, there are, the, the show there has evolved. There are a couple that, that, or, or have, not Buffy, that made it Angel, all the way more through, than Buffy. But... Angel, by, by the end of Angel, the main cast is completely different than the original main cast, except for Angel. Um, I'm talking about a show, for instance. That's not true, because I think Charisma Carpenter's there the whole time, isn't she? No, she's not there season five. She's gone. She's gone in season five. Oh, um, spoil- I mean... Spoilers for Angel. Hey, if you want to hear a lot about Angel, you can go over to the final episodes of Pop-Off. They're com- going on now. Um... <laughs> So, uh, so I was thinking today specifically about, uh, Jadzia, Yar, and Kess, um, and their, their removal and in some cases replacement and the reason behind when they went, what they did to the shows. Um, and the reason I was thinking about it is that, is I, I think that now you do have those evolving casts, but occasionally you hear about the big death that happened. And it's almost sort of expected now. It's in like every couple seasons that you're going to kill off a main character. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think that we've, that it's become a thing to do. And it's not a thing I'm particularly interested in. Um, obviously, I know you love consequences. And it's not that I'm against consequences, but. I I feel like sometimes now it's it's a, it's such an orchestrated move. Whereas I, I think for instance Yar when like when they killed Yar it was the, the actors like wanted to to leave the show and they were forced into a situation and so they made the best of it and as a result you wound up with this like holy shit and i think that that when, when that's the reasoning or uh like it's it, when it was it's- the same same situation with Jadzia. it was that terry farrow wanted to leave the show and she wanted to go on to make uh what was it becker was that the show she went off and did with ted danson no idea um uh, and then I know that Kess was removed because they felt like the character wasn't working. So she, she was removed against her will. Um, uh, I mean, I guess let's start. And with that's y- why. And that's why I feel like Kess is a good example. Right. Because the Kess removal felt. Like. Like it wasn't good. Yeah, it was. You not, know what was I un, mean? It was unjustified. Like it, it it was clear. It was clear what was happening. Like, yeah, and it's it, like when I'm seeing behind the curtain so clearly, like that, and and as you see more stuff, like this is why I think some of it's a function of age. Like as you just consume more entertainment, um, and particularly if you work in it at all, you there's certain 
things you start to see yeah, that tropes. your average person won't see perhaps. And I just, it was so clear in that scenario. And I'm not debating that like Kess, she wasn't that interesting. You know, yeah, like no, I wasn't I... looking, I mean, so I'm not going to pretend she was the only fucking problem on that yeah, show. No. Oh, because she was not. Because after but... she left, the show was perfect. Because after she left, the show was so great. It's oh my amazing. God, they're speaking of Voyager. Yes. Um, I, okay, so this is going to seem off topic, but it's not actually, I'm going to get back, it's going to come back to Star Trek, I promise. Um, I, um, as people may or may not know i love madonna she's fucking awesome so <laughs> right great segue. my name is justin drag <laughs> up i'm just kidding no wait for it so i've always loved madonna and and i have all of her movies or so i thought and i got a hankering and i had to watch who's that girl because that movie's fucking great and this is a perfect example of what we were just talking about where you were saying like that movie is just fun there's no realism happening in that film. However, <laughs> it's interesting to watch and it's fun to watch and it's not just a big it is not just a fight between two beefy dudes. So, I'm just saying that's maybe that's my thing. Maybe I don't think it's fun to just watch two people fight it with their fists, uh, but it's fun if they go around One of them has an drink. axe. Anyway, go on. What whatever. Um anyway, so I was watching Who's That Girl and I fucking love it. It's such a great movie. If you haven't seen it, fucking watch that shit. But I wound up like on her IMDb page because I think I was looking up something from the film that I wanted to confirm. And then I like found I stumbled on a bunch of movies that like I hadn't seen that had her in them. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I've never seen this. So I ha so I went looking for them. And one of them was called um, Bullets. Um, no, Broadway. Bullets, Bullets over Broadway. I want to say Bullets Over Broadway, but I think that might be another film that I'm mistaking it for. Um, so this was, I think it's based on a series of sh of short stories. And I, I believe it was made into a play first and then it was a movie. And it's like sort of set in like the 1920s or what have you. And there's a lot of people that you recognize in this film. Like I was like, how did I miss this movie? Like it has like John C. Riley in it, and um no, not John C. Riley. I'm I'm messing him up. It's got Randy Quaid in it, and it's got um and as I'm watching this movie, and it's cute and it's good, and I'm enjoying. Poor John it. C. Riley just got compared to Randy Quaid. I know. I'm sorry. It, you know what? You know what it is. It's because the character that Randy Quaid plays in the movie is like totally in love with Madonna's, you know, showgirl character, and he's just like really, really sweet, and in a way that like makes me think of John C. Riley in Chicago okay. as being just like the really sweet guy. Um, so that's why, but I'm watching this movie and out of nowhere, I see this person. And I'm like, Holy shit. No way. And I backed it up and I was like, that's totally Neelix. Oh my gosh. Uh, Bloodhound, so Bloodhounds of Broadway. That's what it's called. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. From yes, 1989. Yes, and I had never seen it, and he's in it, and he's fantastic, and it was so crazy because it was like it's so it's always to me so fun when you when you see someone that you that's normally got a lot of makeup on because they play an alien on Star Trek, and when you see them, it takes you like that 
split second longer to catch it because it's like, wait a minute, is it? Well, he's been a bit. I mean, he was on Benson and he was he was. On I, ben- but I don't remember him on Benson well enough. Like, I remember Benson and I remember liking it when I you know, was growing up, but I had never seen this flick. And, he, and the character he plays it, it is so he's so funny because he's like not really a mobstery guy, but he's basically pawning himself off as one and telling these tall tales to some, you know, woman at a party to make himself sound good. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's funny, ridiculous and funny (laughs) is, um, is he is the bad guy in a movie called Robo Rex, which is exactly what you think it would be. Um, it's, it's a kid's kid's movie about a robot dog. Um, oh my gosh. And he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy and he's a a silly bad guy. You know, it's, it's, it's about, it's about the quality of like the buddies movies, like space buddies, like those. Okay. My my kids love this film, Robo Rex, and he's the bad guy. So I'm kind of used to seeing him. I'm sure I had that reaction at first. Um, but he's also, uh, he is in Star Trek first contact, uh, out of makeup. And this was after Voyager had started. Um, really where where he, when the board go onto the holodeck uh they scan one of the holograms and he's like the he's like the owner of the company he goes okay guys you're gonna have to get out it's him really uh, and they scan his face and his face is like it's all warbly because it's uh he's on the holodeck yep it's absolutely he's, him he's there you have two two voyager and if you count uh in nemesis uh kate mulgrew being on that's three voyager people have been in next gen movies and then if you count tim russ in uh generations yeah, Tim Russ, that four. for sure yeah so there are there have been four I've, I've voyager actors that. in next gen movies so there that's you go so wild i didn't i didn't know he was though i'm gonna have to feel yep. like i have to go back and look because he Ethan. he's he's i mean it's unfortunate because i think his character i think neelix is just kind of I love Neelix. Neelix is I I I have a soft spot for Neelix. I really do. I I like him as a as a as a character. I feel like they they don't know how to utilize him very well, and they. Make I think he has some really good episodes. I think, and that, I don't like that. I I've I've always contended that that the question is how much good Star Trek can you make out of Voyager, and and I've I've always said that there are <laughs> that there are three good three good seasons in that seven season show. Just like I've said said for Enterprise, there's like a good season in that four season show but most of that good season is near the end which means it was probably if it had gone seven would have been would have been like trending toward becoming a really great show um but all that notwithstanding uh i mean i thought that i thought that Kess made him more interesting and i liked seeing a couple on that show and that was kind of the only purpose forecast well let's talk about the three ways you can handle these exits because the first way is is tasha yar where she is washed um or we can say she's fridged um where essentially they go okay we know that she wants to leave we have to get rid of the character knowing that we have to get rid of the character what does that do to the narrative of the show and what they really did is they made it so her character was killed suddenly pointlessly um um and and viciously with absolutely no warning that w- it was going to happen and what it did is for the entire rest of the show it made you feel like they could kill anybody like every time they were like Picard was in yeah, danger Yeah they definitely the, killed her the, in a way that was like you would kill a red shirt on the original series And but what it did is You know what Picard, I mean is though Picard, that's just But when Picard or, was in danger later you would go you'd go oh they'll never kill Picard but look, remember what they did to Yar they yeah, could. Like, it does. It does because it so it was like it was like a death 
in terms of how it went down, it was like a death from the original series, like a random, you know, random red shirt, like yeah, to show the danger. But it wasn't a random red shirt. So the expectation, it was a, it was a Joss Whedon death before there were Joss Whedon deaths. It was, and it and it and I I wonder uh, if it if it has to, if that spawned Joss Whedon's you know Whedonisms the way but, he does it because the way Joss yeah, Whedon tends to kill a character every, yeah, is that everything's just fine fast for no reason yeah um, just to do it and they're just which, gone sorry <laughs> which that which then which is how it would be like in a war right I mean that's how that's like you yeah there's like- a there's a place for it and here's the thing and I think that in Star Trek in this moment this in this place. It works. It fucking tears me up every time, and I fucking hate it every time, and I dread it every time. Because it's just an oil. But, it's just a fucking oil stick on the ground. But it does. Just, but it, it. But what it, it it does show, like they're out in fucking space, and you don't know what can happen. You know they aren't inherently safe, and I think that you have to, you have to kind of accept that, and I and that really brings that home in a way because like i said it's it's like a red shirt death but it's not a red shirt so you have this expectation when it happens like i don't know about you but at least for me uh when she did the thing like i fully expected her to be able to do something like it was going to be she's barely alive or she's dead and then she does something to resuscitate her and bring her back because that's what happens when you're not a red shirt no you see she was she was killed by the terrible terrible makeup makeup effect on her cheek um, right. <laughs> let's be let's be clear. A lot of that episode is good. The random like thing that looks like one of the carnations in the background of the dating game that's been splashed like like painted on her cheek, like she has just gone to the fun yeah. fair and somebody has done a face painting. <laughs> the fun painting fair, on so done a really bad face face painting job. <laughs> um, you know the the temporary tattoo that they put on her face, uh, was terrible. But one the I mean, and I it's think- so weird because it's it's it's, it's st- such stark contrast to. To dipping Jonathan Frakes like yeah. goo, and that shit was incredible. Yeah, no, I I think that I think that her death, um, uh, one, it is what you would imagine a real death out there when you're going into the unknown, especially when you're going to the unknown with other beings would be like. That yeah. you are like, it's truly like you're there one second and you're gone. That You don't gone. get to do it. And you don't know. And you don't know what's going to happen. And like, that's what I said. And you like, don't get a so, heroic death. You don't get a. Not necessarily. That's not a guarantee heroic. that like yeah. you're going to get a Spock death. You know, where it's like the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And it's this big, huge, heroic gesture. It's yeah. It's just in the line of duty. Fucked up shit happens because Boom. you never know what you're going to run into. Like I said, she dies like a fucking red shirt. But what's cool about it is because she's not, and whilst I, like I said, I fucking hate it every time and I wish it had never happened, part of what is, part of what it gave them that was interesting that we had never really seen before is what happens next. Because she held a station. She yeah, was and the how security does chief. Deal with, yeah. And, and now we have a vacancy. And what are the protocols when that happens? We've never seen that because prior to that moment, every other time we you know, saw a random red shirt die, like we don't fucking know what happens after that. Like he, he was merely to serve the, the plot in the moment to tell us this creature was deadly or whatever. Like that was the only purpose of that individual. And so th- by her not being 
a disposable person. It's well, someone on the, the bridge crew. The, we now have that to it figure out in, in the first season. I think was like it was one of the best things that could have happened to, to Star Trek because for the rest of the run of the show, you couldn't a hundred percent assure yourself that, that everyone, anyone wasn't no, fair game. It turns yeah. out that over the course of the show, everyone does make it. But when when Picard is captured by by the Borg, and it's it's you know it's season finale, and you're like. Are they going to kill? Like, are they going to kill Picard? Can they do it? No, no, no. They couldn't do that. But you always go back to well, like, well the show and, can and, continue. And especially because once. when they kill her, they the way they handle the transition, and then you know, Worf takes over the position, and he it takes a little time for him to kind of get settled in it. And every once in a while, they'll have like a reference, you know, um, that. Sort of because they did that part so well, which is something we never got to see before. It does. It, it gives you that that feeling, though, particularly by the time we've got Picard being abducted by the Borg. Everybody is very well established and it is clear f- to the viewer that he's pretty much ready. Number one is ready. He could be he could be the captain. He's. Well, and, and that's what they. Even, it's inter- it's hasn't interesting he even you say been that offered command they, by that point, or am I, or am I, am I missing? No, he had, and not only had been offered command, but he wasn't sure if he was going to take it. But even in that first episode, after Picard is taken, before he says, "Mr. War Fire," they're already talking about transitioning people into the vacancy. Like, like they yep. always say, like they're, they're already, already saying he's the, the captain. Shelby's so there. Be the first. Yeah, they're and so they're doing the same thing they did with Yar. Mm-hmm. You watch him do it again, and it even lends more credence to, oh my gosh, they're going to. Oh my kill god, the they might be. Yeah. yeah, he's not coming back. Yeah, yeah, like, no, that's 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 really. I hadn't thought about the comparison of those two. It occurs to me, um, as we jump off of Yar real quick, that it had been done once before, and we're not even talking about it. A uh, Spock, at the end of Star Trek Two does die and at the time that they killed him there was not an intention to bring him back Leonard Nimoy did not intend to return to the role and there is a movie where where the Spock we know Leonard Nimoy Spock doesn't show up until the very very end that comes next and I guess that's the other way that you could the the fourth kind of death you can have which is you know if that had been the end of Spock that is the the end of the character's journey is is there. Um, and that's another way that you can do it. But I think that the 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 force it has on the narrative, which doesn't happen anywhere else, so we can just say it here, is the we've killed off a character. Oh, no, wait, just kidding. Um, <laughs> which they do on shows before they kill off character. Like right now, I there's a show I watch where there is a character that was killed off and they were dead. And the actor wanted to try other things and then the other things didn't work out and the actor's back coming back to the show. Um, so like that's sort of what happened with Spock is they killed him off with the intention of killing him for real. Um, a decision was made. That's not what they're going to do. He came back. Um, do you think that qualifies or is it not the same because it was in the movies? Um, I think it's a little bit different because it was in the movies because you, you certainly it's not like you've never seen <clears throat> in a movie um, a main character make the ultimate sacrifice for other characters or like I said, cause his is this heroic death, right? It's not this senseless, you know, weedony kind of thing. So, um, and I'm, 
I I remember, like I said, I mean, it was we all know I can't watch Star Trek two without watching Star Trek three. They're one movie because it's not okay for him to be dead. And yeah, and there's there's a distinct difference when that happens because his loss is so huge. It affects like they don't just keep on going as as per normal. They really don't. It's clear that they're like when, when you get to Star Trek three, they're all discomb they're all discombobulated. They're all discombobulated. Yeah, like so that's it's a very different thing. Like you feel that hole, and I and I and there's no sense that they know how to function without him. Like you, they might that's get true. there, but you have no sense of of what that would even look like. And I don't know that they. It, that it would have worked if he, I don't think that it could have worked and been sustainable if he'd stayed dead. Well, and Spock's death is Spock's death is worth noting in that, um, in that at the time, unlike all the other deaths at the time that they killed his character, um, there was no next step planned. Whereas all the other characters that we're going to talk about today, when they killed their character, they knew they, they were killing them and they were like, what are we doing after that? Like, they knew. Yeah. But in this case, they were killing him. They, they, there was no next plan. They're killing him because it was a contractual obligation from Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, they didn't know if they like for all they knew, that's the last movie then. That's the last of Star Trek for all they knew. Right. Like, it yeah, was, like Star Trek was knew. done. Like that was yeah. for all they knew pretty much for every single Star Trek movie. So, it, yeah, that presents a whole different writing dilemma, I think, when you come back, because then it's like, wait. That that did really well, and people want another one. Fuck. All right. Can we just throw a shit ton of cash at Nimoy? Will that work? Can, no, let him direct. Him? No, let him direct it. That'll work. <laughs> That'll Tell work. Tell me he can yeah. direct it. Tell me he can direct, like, whatever you got to do, because now you've got to keep this, yeah. this franchise going that really doesn't have, that you never, that you didn't leave with it ready to keep going. Well, you know. And that's so interesting, because it's completely different from almost any movie you'll see today. Well, Most and I, movies today will leave, even if it never happens, and that's so much worse in my opinion, they'll have this little dangly bit at the end because everybody's hope is that there can be another one. Star Trek 2 does leave a dangly bit at the end. It absolutely leaves a dangly bit. The shot of Genesis and you see... That you see the coffin on Genesis, it absolutely, I guarantee you, Star Trek fans were like, what does that mean? That means he's coming back, right? That means... That- yeah, absolutely. Come on. And that's exactly what but they that, did. They used that. They did use that, but I don't know that they that it was that it was a plan like this is how we get out. I think it I think it was inserted as their fail safe should they need to get out. I don't think it's a plan <laughs> for them to get safe. out, but it was a way out if they needed one. Was the purpose that was innocuous that. enough that like it's not necessarily got to be indicative of anything. Yeah, but. Yeah. Would be just enough if they needed I, to figure out a way. To I will say that. that of all the deaths that we're going to list today, I, you know, I've said how I am such a big fan of consequence. Um, that that death is the best because the consequence of that is felt all the way through the rest of Star Trek. Like Spock is a different person when he comes back, a wiser person, not just logical, but wise. His character is is more subtly emotional from that point forward. Uh, all of Star Trek three, all of Star Trek three and most of Star Trek four, two movies deal with his return to the Spock that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Star Trek five is is its own is, is its own thing. It's its own exploration of you yeah, know, it, your, the human Yeah, it's not psyche. that much an exploration of Spock, but Star Trek Six, you go back to, he is, 
you know, wisdom is the beginning or logic is the beginning of wisdom. Like that is it all spawned from his death in Star Trek too. So it's it's among the deaths we're going to mention. It is unique and probably my favorite because it has reverberating consequences for the rest of his character. Yeah. Um. Because because it's not like you know as bad as Yara was two episodes after Yara died, there was no reference to the fact that she'd even ever been there. And that's and not true. There are random episodes where they do. There are random right, episodes where consistent. she's mentioned, but like you know, we you know, it's not a consistent thing. Because, but it, but it wouldn't be. You have to imagine. I you know here's the thing though they were all living together and I can tell you we you know we here at you know Geeks Radio is part of End Light and End Light you know spawned the Ninjas movies and we had a very sad death in our End Light family a couple of years ago and we talk about that guy nearly every time we get together like as people and certainly yeah. within the first within the first you know six months to a year of that happening it was a constant thought and sure. And, but the nature look but it's 80s television the nature of 80s television is you have to get back to a reset that's just the way it was yeah because like because i think if we if they did it now i i do think we would have seen more it wouldn't have been anything that was like the the main plot of the episode or anything like that but i do think we would have seen more um intimate sort of side references of of people actually dealing with it on their own time well, let's sure. talk. Let, let's talk about the one that does reverberate in a way that you're not too fond of. Um, <laughs> I, uh, Jadzia Dax. I mean, thankfully, now, it happened so late. Now, b- before we, and I think I don't think thankfully. I think that's part of the problem. Um, before no, we, it's not. before it's not. we get to what happened afterward, it's that she wanted to leave the show. Um, and I don't know if this is planned for moment one, but there are two things that happens. One, it's the telegraphed, the, 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 the telegraph. She's more than Yar was. She is absolutely fridged. She is murdered um, by a male character to motivate other male characters. Um, it, her character wants to leave. But I think that the show is different in a few ways. One, she dies near the end of the show, end of the episode. And if you know that that episode's her last, if you know there's an episode coming that's gonna be your last episode, you can you can tell that this is her last episode from the first frames. That, like she's walking up to people and saying to Julian, "Thanks, Julian. You've always been a good friend." You're just like really, like it's yeah. like the writers clearly giving her her moments with everybody, and the it's like she might as well be wearing it, yeah, she might as well be wearing a big flashing nine sign that says. I'm going to die at the end. Do you, re- do you remember <laughs> like, the movie Hot Shots where, where the yes. character Dead Meat is going up in the plane? Goes, <laughs> hey, yes, those totally life insurance like papers, are you sure you want to say sign these? It's okay, honey. I'll sign these as soon as I get back down. Okay, <laughs> so, it's by so, the way. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like any fucking character in a movie when they're going off to war or whatever. It's like, I'm just scared. I promise nothing's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're going to the die. By the way, that whole Kennedy assassination thing, I got it all figured out. The evidence is right here in my pocket. <laughs> right, like, I'll look at this later. I'll look oh, at this great. later. That's, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's so, yes. And this is what I'm talking about when you watch enough stuff. You watch right, that episode, where, you're just very clearly there. You're there. It's so, yeah, it's clear that it's, and then. Guess the what? They, you can have a baby. I'm so happy. happy. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like we're gonna get married and he's gonna retire and everything's gonna be great. 
So uh, that motherfucker's dead. Yeah, you know. You know. You, like, you remember Last Action Hero? They totally do a thing about that. Yeah, in, in no, Last it's Action the same well. thing. Like, and here, and here's oh, the, he was gonna it, retire. I, it was his last day. Like, it's just, it's yeah, it's that. And they, they want to have sure. their cake and eat it too because she is horribly and senselessly murdered. But she does like. If you're going to do that, have the character go out in a blaze of glory, have them make a choice. Or if they're going to be horribly and sense- like senselessly murdered, you have to make it sudden like they did with Yar. They tried to have their cake and eat it too. And I think, unfortunately, her death, the death itself is is not as it's not as shocking. It's not. And it's also a very sci-fi death. Like he holds out his hand. He's got magic powers and he kind of shakes her on the wall and dumps her down. And then she doesn't die, but the symbiote's injured, but she's still alive and awake and they have to remove the symbiote. You don't see that. And there's like, she has a chance to have goodbye speeches with both Worf and Cisco before she dies. Like there's, there's it's, I feel like this is yeah. I, particularly if you're gonna go that route, right? If you're gonna give her the time to say goodbye like that, then it has. Then I I feel like you have to. Then the death itself has to have been a more heroic effort. Yeah, and it just like it, like like, like for, Spock like is a good reference. Like you yeah. know he's gonna die. He knows he's gonna die, and, and fucking. Kirk knows he's going to die, but he's just saved the whole ship. DS9 likes to rip your heart out. What if Dax had been, what if the story was Dax was on a mission and being on this mission, she was, she was trapped and she was heading toward her death. And as she's heading toward her death, she's got like an hour with which she can speak to everybody. And, and they all know that she's going to die and none of them wanted, like you could, you could have absolutely ripped someone's heart out with that episode. You could have made it matter and make it a tribute to her and you could have done all of that. But instead, yeah, like in the you, abyss, you gotta, right? you gotta like somehow he's going further down motivate the people even more and... mad at, at it, Dukat. And it's, it's, it's more about even Cisco's thing when he's talking to her coffin, he goes, he goes, Jadzia, I don't know what you're, what, you know, I'm so sad you're gone. And also, the wormhole's gone and I don't know what I'm going to do. I wish you were here. Like, it's just him recapping the plot to her at the end. It's 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 badly handled. And I don't think it's a very good episode, frankly. No, it's um, across the board. It's not it's it's not done well. It's not there. The shock value, then repercussions isn't happening. There's, there's, no, shock value, there's no repercussions. And then there's, you know, this gravity after it. And you're talking about it and. And it's huge. Like they didn't do either one of those things. And as a result, it was just kind of like. And here's and here's the the what I will get into regarding Esri, because you and I have differing opinions on Esri and I'm in the minority. I understand. I like Esri. <laughs> I think that she's an, good I like that you the, understand that you're wrong. I, I like that. I, I like the things they do with her character a lot. But I will say this. She is always going to seem like a pretender to the throne. No matter, even if, let's say I am right and she is good, it doesn't matter because she's at sixth season. There's only one season left and and they're wrapping up a lot of storylines in that season and it feels a little cheap to go, and we have another Dax. <laughs> See, don't feel so bad. Like it just yeah, like. Here, it, yeah, here's the thing. If you were going to give us another Dax. And this and part of the reason I hate Esri isn't even just that she's so this fucking prototypical, tiny, uh, no. whiny girl, but that it really doesn't make sense for her to be there. 
that it doesn't make sense for her to have gotten the fucking symbiote to, to begin with. And if that was going to be the case, if it was going to be this emergency situation and we just had to give it to whoever was there, which is a fucking cop-out to begin with, for the record. But if you were going to do that, then you make a really big deal about it. And they didn't. They made, like, half a deal about it. Like, they well, did talk about it a little bit, but it wasn't a huge deal. Well, and that's and, the thing, is that there wasn't room for it to grow. Like, well, we might they have did, let- But they didn't handle it. Like, I don't think, I don't think she should have come back. Like, I don't I either. No, if, I don't either. Because, like, again... Consequence is I like consequence. If something big happens, you should feel that something big. But by the end of by and the and 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 I've said the thing I like the best about the Esri storyline is what it does to Worf because it is the it is the only thing about her presence that has consequence. To everybody else, it's just like oh, I guess Dax is still here. Like and and I think that even if you dislike Esri. You would, would you agree that the best thing about her storyline is how Worf has trouble dealing with the difference between her and sure and- that's the o- and that's the only value I see in in having in doing it and bringing her back and I think that because it destroys were, the consequence of her death if, if they were yeah. going to do that then they needed to commit to it right because then it would have been about how this person isn't really Dax. Like we yeah. it would have had, there would have been an opportunity um, because not so much so because when we saw the trail on, on next gen, it was a very different scenario. It sure. seemed like the symbiont was everything and the person really wasn't there. Right. You no, know, I think like, I think is it a fair but, criticism of the Esri character to say that the reason that the one thing everybody likes about her character is the fact that she's not really Dax to Worf. The problem with Desri Dax is the only two people that she's not Dax to is Worf and herself. She worries all the time about whether or not she's Dax. And Worf worries all the time about whether or not she's Dax. And 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 nobody else cares. As a matter of fact, even Jake, when she in the episode where she's introduced, goes, It's Dax. Like that's just how oh good, it's Dax. It's how everybody feels about her, except for her and Worf. And so you don't feel reverberations of Jadzia's death for anybody but them and it's it flattens her character somewhat it cheapens Jadzia's death a lot um so even if she was the best a she ton. could be and I, I like and I think if you it would have been better to go if it's fourth like, season and you still need Dax then okay get a new Dax for the fourth season if it's sixth season and you're dealing with everything else and you don't have the room to grow this new character, then you don't put the don't, new character. Don't put the new character. Th- and and here's the thing. Like they, they talk about it in other episodes, like the one where her wife comes back and there's this whole thing. And it's they talk about how is culturally speaking, there's supposed to be kind of this division between the life that you just led and this new one. So the idea that she's just going to go to Deep Space Nine and be their counselor somehow is... With her just, husband it's, there. It's fucking stupid unless there was a reason for her to be there. Yeah. If if she was already another tr- Trill that worked at the station, like if you would really... Then I guess this would have been different because, it, yes, they knew it was coming, but probably not this far in advance. But if you had had a Trill on station and some shit went down... And they had to move the Dax symbiont, and that literally is the only person there. 
because it's not like it's not like we can tr- take it anywhere. Like we got to do it here. We got to do it now. You're the only Trill available. Then it would make sense that that they would be on the station, that they would be working there in some capacity. But then it would be something totally different. And then it, you would have to have everybody unsure on how to deal with it, unsure on, with how to interact with this person. And I don't. Yeah. And I think by making it seemingly a female that's somehow opposite of the way Jadzia was. Um, who you don't take the time to grow and who only has a relationship choice. with one person. It's yeah, it's it's I don't think it's a failure in the character as much as the failure in the concept. I will agree with you because it was season six. They should have left her dead. Like they're, yeah. they're or had they're, her. I mean, even if you had her come back for like one episode to have shit fucked up, and and well, I and understand they needed the a, with, they needed with, a new character the, because there was only Kira in the main cast to represent any female character at all. So well, you killed half of your female characters when you killed her. So well, that's that's a bigger problem to begin with, right? Like that's but that was not their choice. That's that a was, problem you shouldn't have had when the fucking shit started. I say, but that was not her choice. That was you know that that was. But if they knew Terry Farrow was going to leave, they could have groomed somebody else in. No, my you know, point being like. When they're writing the show, the fact that it's so male heavy to begin with, you wouldn't have had this problem if there weren't only two chicks to begin with. Well, eighties mentality about star about 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 sci fi. That's it's I I I will grant them that that they were of a time. Um, it would it doesn't fly now, and that's a good thing that it doesn't fly now. But I I I would say, I mean, it seems to poorly it handled. So let's talk about um. It's not really a death because she kind of evolves to a higher plane of existence. I'm not going to count Wesley because uh, he also yeah, evolves to a higher plane. Yeah, because that was also the same. Yeah, he he like leaves and that we've already talked about that and it's crap. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah he leaves and 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 the way it happens and and stuff. It's, it's you know really I well I guess I guess Wesley we we, we talked Wesley briefly in that Wesley's I mean, departure that episode like that whole thing was a little bit like the Pepsi commercial. I'm just saying. But but ignoring that 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 Wesley's departure even to go to Starfleet Academy is another way to handle it. A character leaves the main cast and is no longer part of the show, but comes back from time to time. That's a thing, too, when characters leave the show. And I like that as a, Yeah, as an that I find... As, as, I find because that then when Wesley comes option. back, you're like, hey, it's Wesley. Yeah, because then it's a kind of it's exciting for, the, for them. It's exciting for you. It's like, oh, look who it is. Yeah, you know, when you see his face, you're like, moment. hey, look, there he is. Like, yeah. that's, that's a way to handle... To handle and then to check in and see how they're doing, you know, like if you wanted, like if they got a an opportunity, like, and that's something I feel like we actually never really did get to see. Um, characters who move away and then we check in on them from time to time. Um, yeah, like the that that there's what we've never seen, and I think would actually have been kind of interesting to see, and I wonder if this is something they'll pursue in Star Trek stuff going forward. Um, we've never seen a character who got like promoted to a position like off the show. Like Will never takes a command, yeah. right? So we never, and it wouldn't have to just be Will. Like there were, I mean, I guess that's not any true. number, have, any number. We did have By Pulaski. End, we had the Pulaski incident, but that's that. I would that have loved to see wrong. her come back. You know what? Here's the thing. I would have loved to see her come back in a later episode. 
just to uh, as a rando loved, episode, it probably wouldn't have bothered me. But I'm saying it would have. Been, I would. It would have been great to see her. And, and once the characters knew that she as a character didn't work, the idea that they could bring her back and they could kind of retool her and go it, like in an episode and go, okay, let's redeem her somewhat. She's going to work with Crusher, and Crusher's going to find out that they did it with one character, Scotty. Scotty comes back on Next Gen. You get a sense of what he was doing after the Enterprise and that and and you got to the you idea. Do. That- I guess what I'm saying is what we've never really seen though is like a, a character leaves to they get a promotion to a different ship, what have you. And then we see how that that space gets filled with whom, what that process looks like, and then how things are when they maybe come across them in the future. And yeah. that I think is something that probably would happen kind of frequently in fact so it's it's it seems a little bit like that's why i wonder if they'll actually kind of we'll get do the the enterprise even have a tactical officer after Worf left the ship because whenever he comes back they're just like you're on tactical is there some is there some guy on the yeah like they just yeah like yeah is there just some random guy that's like really i work hard you know i work i do this every other fucking day we were having poker like last week wharf shows it's like the ex-wife shows up and there's no attention yeah and it's just like oh you go to your room (laughs) like you know what i mean where is the where is the current tactical officer and why does he not like feel bothered by the sudden presence of this guy who used to be on the ship like 10 years ago right (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's weird in that they've never... That's really funny. They've never really done that. And I wonder if they will because of the, you know, sort of with Discovery, they're, the things that they're talking about and, and particularly if we're going to be on a Klingon ship and we know how that happens when people take... I mean, they die, so it's not like they would go someplace else. But you know what I'm saying. Like, really brief, re- to see. really tiny brief uh, uh, note, um, a piece of news that came out. Uh, Worf was all, or Michael Dorn was almost on Discovery um, as his character from Star Trek six in some capacity. He was going to be, he was going to be in it. Um, He refused because he said, and I quote, they offered me less than 1% of what I made for my last star, my last Star Trek contract. Um, Wow. Which I would imagine, you know, I don't know if he's counting nemesis or not. If he was counting nemesis, I'm sure he got paid a couple of million dollars. And maybe they were like, well, we want you to be on one episode for $20,000. You know, we're going to show up for an episode. Maybe that was going to be the thing. Or if he's comparing it like he was going to be a main character on this compared to what he got paid for DS9. Like, Worf is fucking rich. Like, he's the, he's the, Michael Dorn, is, we talked about this before, is the we're wealthiest. About, he's like the, the wealthiest of them. So him of, turning of down every the job Star Trek actor, is, including is Shatner, including Shatner, he, he made some fucking deals to be on DS9. And then he also had the four Star Trek movies on top of it. So he, he like, yeah. He had anyway. a good agent and yeah, he was he well did, taken care of. He did pretty so well the, for himself. Yeah. So the, that's, that's weird. The, like, I, I thought you were going to say something uh, like to do with the plot or the reasoning behind and being like, it didn't make sense. And that would have, you know, been a there, betrayal. There is the a Star Trek, Star Trek. That would have been a much Klingon. better answer than they weren't going to pay me enough. Yeah, but the, the the truth is, is he's an actor, and he's like, you know what? Fuck you. I got enough money. Like, you wanted me to put the makeup on again? Make it worth my while. Hey, Klingon, Klingon's got to eat. Um, uh, and I would so, buy that if he wasn't able to eat already. Like, if he wasn't already the richest one. That's- yeah, but here's I do understand from his point of view of him going. You know what? 
There's nothing really challenging anymore in putting on that makeup and being Klingon again. I've done it more than any other human on the planet. Like I'm right now, he's playing Mark. Yeah, Anthony like I do Anthony see the possibility. I do, like, I do. Yeah, I do see the 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 idea of like I've I have done that to death, and I don't have much desire. But but yet, wasn't it not that long ago that he was like talking and it was in an interview and there was there before discovery became the thing that there had been some talk of maybe having a, a show with Worf as captain. Well, I'm sure that's the other thing that he doesn't want to be is, is, you know, a side character, you know, the, a guy who mm. he doesn't want to be the Garrick of the show. Like that's not something that probably appeals to him at this stage. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not him. Um, Kess, I uh, doesn't die. She evolves to something else. <laughs> um, we talked at the beginning of, of this about how it's so transparent that what they're doing is re- they're replacing her with seven. Like she literally disappears off the ship in the same episode where seven comes on the ship. Like, like that's like, she's got two more episodes at the beginning of, of whatever it is. Season four of, of Voyager where she's not even in the main cast. It's, it's, you know, guest starring Jennifer Leanne as, as Cass. I, this is is this more poorly handled than 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 Jadzia than Jadzia? Uh, Ignoring think, her return think, episode, which is thing, horrible. I think, we, I think we cared less about Kess to begin with. I think we care True. less about Voyager to begin with. So, well, we do, but there are people who feel otherwise. <laughs> so so apples to apples. Like, okay, I, it's it's hard for me to make that comparison because. No matter the no matter the case, regard like whether or not I uh, you know we somebody thinks that Voyager is better than DS Nine, but um, if those things all being equal, um, her character is still like I don't think it's debatable. I don't think it's questionable that she is less important than Jadzia's character to begin with. Absolutely. It so, felt very much, I, I guess the only issue I have, I, I, it's not the only, but it's a, an issue I have. One, she was just starting to get interesting at the end. But the other thing is, is it felt very much like the, like Rick Berman was just going, hey, sorry, just kidding. <laughs> About cast. Oh, we're not going to guess what we meant to say. Like, like, like you replaced her with another short, she wasn't short haired, but her hair was done up in a short thing. Another short headed, short, short, uh, blonde, short haired blonde. <laughs> What? Short-headed. That's fantastic. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another short, a, a short blonde-haired uh, chick in her place. Like it's, like it. Oh no! It, be clear. This is. I mean, this is in some ways. This is the the actual, actually, the reverse of of the Jadzia incident. Which I, and this is what I find interesting because this goes. This speaks to me. You know, saying that big bitches are better. Um, and perhaps I'm biased because I'm a big bitch, but like. In with Jadzia, we have a big bitch, and we trade her out for a tiny whiny one. And in the Kess situation, we start out with kind of a tiny whiny one and wind up with a big voluptuous, kind of cold and calculated bitch. Like it's really, it's if you really think about it, it's like the reverse scenario. But she is also has her hair in a short head. Short-haired, blonde short-haired bomb. dude. That's irrelevant. Yeah. Well, no. Here's it. I don't feel like it's irrelevant because it feels like they want it to be that if you weren't paying that close attention to the cast pictures, you might not tell. No. 
Uh-uh. Like it, I it feels. It's clear I, it, she is physical. The, they made a big deal about her coming. I'm just saying it feels like that slot could only is. get filled by it. it. It bothered me that 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 it was so that there were similarities there. That this they were not trying to lady, sneak it past you, like no, in any I guess way. Not. No, they, they really weren't, but, weren't, dude. Like I said, it's it is it is it is that stark. It is the reverse of Jadzia and Ezri. And but it you works do when you feel, do it that way. but you do feel that seven <laughs> replaces Kess, right? I mean, that's Absolutely. you do feel. Absolutely, yeah. That Kess was there, and she has been replaced. And and by here's seven. the thing: and seven becomes a much more important character than Kess ever was. Oh sure, but you do like you. I guess I never like like Esri doesn't replace Jadzia so much in that Esri is Jadzia. No, it becomes less. That's what I'm saying. Like you take a person, like you take this character of Jadzia Dax, and She's been well established, which is very. I I guess what I'm saying is you've and then you take her away and you replace her with this tiny, you know, whiny girl that's totally different. That's like kind of the antithesis of what she was, but is still Dax. But is Dax doesn't serve the same function, and so she's kind of less important. She's there, but she's there the way that Kess is there in the beginning of Voyager, (laughs) and then. But in 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 the Voyager scenario, you've got Cass, and she's kind of there, and she's on the sidelines, and it's kind of like, okay, well, she's, you know, her and yeah, Neil are together. That's semi interesting. That she wasn't in by at the yeah, end of her run. and then like, she would. We there. get rid of her. We're trading her out for, you know, this big hot Borg chick. You, you know, which is not to say that Cass wasn't hot, but it's like it's. Like, I guess I guess my point my my point is is look, that is that and she's in, more complex. in all the other scenarios. In all the other scenarios that we talked about, this is the only one where they've removed a character and replaced that character with another character totally different. Like it clearly was a swap out. It was, you know, mm-hmm. here the thing is, this is honestly, uh, honestly what it's like. It's like, you know, when you're playing checkers and you get to the other end and they king you. It was like yes. here's we've replaced we replaced our our shitty little our, our shitty little blonde chick with this amazing blonde chick instead filling the filling our blonde chick filling our blonde chick uh, quota but giving you a really good one that's why it feels so much that Kess was like sorry just kidding what we meant to say was like it's yeah and I don't it definitely feel... feels like oh shit she's not working out like she's just kind of there and doesn't and you really feel matter, it and... you feel that when mm. you're watching it. You do. And you feel. You absolutely. And you feel bad. Do. You feel bad for Jennifer Leanne in those last two episodes. I absolutely do. Like I feel bad for the actress because it's like you've done nothing wrong. Like they wrote a fucking script. They wrote a character. She does a and pretty good job. They wrote your character to be uninteresting. Like you haven't done a bad job. You have not failed. They have failed you. You know. And they're writing you straight off the show you have to show up for these last two episodes of the show they're writing you off you have to be there in the episode where they're also introducing your replacement there's not even going to be a moment where they think about the fact that you're gone yeah it really it's it's when you get meta about it at least for me um i i feel for her a lot because that's that's gotta hurt you know like that's because it regardless of like even though she i hope she knows it's like you know if i ever were to run it i hope you know that like it wasn't you (laughs) well and that's the thing i think that you like the character like if if i'm to to compare these people (laughs) to to gaming systems right there's there's 
uh, when Spock dies, it's like your Nintendo just died. Um, and it's been there for a long time. You kind of felt that it, that it might die. And maybe it's time to go without gaming for a while. Then when, when, uh, <laughs> when Yar dies, it's like, it, it's like you're, you're playing your, you're playing your PlayStation two and you knock it off the shelf and you drop it. And now you don't have a PlayStation two anymore. And what are you going to do? When you replace Jadzia, it's you've upgraded to the Xbox One, but damn, it's not really as good as the Xbox 360 was. It feels very much like when when Kess leaves, it's I just bought myself an Xbox One and I played it for it's right at the 28 day mark. Gosh, you know, I, I think I'm going to trade it in for a PS4. Maybe no one will notice. <laughs> um, like, like and, and it's a much better system only, yes. only one only one of those feels like a rejection and it's yes. just feel, and, and, the and fa- that's and that's feel, what i'm saying like that's what that's watching why those feels episodes so feels like watching somebody go to best buy and talk to customer service it's it's painful yeah is it's something, horrible is there and something like, wrong with it did you did you bring your receipt for Cass? Yeah, <laughs> like it's so it's so oh, it hurts my heart because I don't like that show and I didn't like that character, but like she's just doing her job and there's nothing like and it's I I would be hard pressed if it had been me to not be like nobody loves me. Yeah, you can know, we have like, an episode or two without her before Seven shows up? Like, does Seven clearly have to show up? Like, like it's it's like when you're moving out and your little brother is like measuring your room. Right, like just, yeah, it's like, very, it's yeah, or it's like it's like a fucking uh, your boyfriend or your husband, and you've like gotten a divorce, and he's like moving his new wife in when he's like, oh, I want a divorce, like I don't know. While nowhere. you're moving the, out, like yeah, while like, you're this mo- one, no, like this woman, like this woman knocks on the door, and you're like, who is this? He's like, oh, I'm divorcing you for her. Get she's gonna be in. You know what I mean? It's room. like, wait, what? Like she's she's got giant tits and an interesting character. She's gonna be upstairs. She's gonna be upstairs and, uh, now. And and if you if you could just kind of head out, say your goodbyes, but you know, yeah, you like, can, feel, I mean, you can it say goodbye like to the dog. You can say goodbye to the cat. But like you, like you would you would honestly see Paramount HR like sitting around like there with cardboard boxes for her stuff. Right. I mean, it feels that way. It does. It's terrible. Uh, we're going to have to deal with one more, um, which we haven't seen yet, which is something they they have not had to do on Star Trek, as far as I know, uh, yet in that uh, Anton Yelchin died and they did not write him out in any kind of meaningful way. Um, so they're going to have to deal and they're going to do the Star Wars, too, with Carrie Fisher coming up. Um, the absence of the actor when the actor had every intention and the show had every intention of continuing him of going. Being there, yeah. Um, how do they handle that? I don't know. Do you think? And we talked about this a little, but we I mean, did. We I talked about it. I mean, um, I, I still think that they, you know, the way to do it is to is is to not not even to, mention it. Is to deal with it off screen. It's to not like there's no. I. Yeah, because I don't think you can. I don't think you can just replace them and pretend like they were never there. I don't think you can um but it I think they have I think it has to matter. You know, I um, think and that's re- a very th- that's a very tall order because usually when it matters you see it. So having yeah. it matter whilst being something that you are only going to hear referenced is a unique challenge and I hope that the writers are up to it. I think the first thing you do is you put the chick with the the markings all over her face. You put her in his seat. 
so that at least someone's sitting there that you know. And, you know, it's either her or uh, her or Carol Marcus somehow has to be in that seat. So that it's someone that you already know, you've already Carol met. Marcus makes no sense. Not that she makes much more sense, but we like her more than we liked Carol Marcus. So. Yeah, she does. And she but she makes a certain amount of sense. She's she's you know, she knows how to pilot a ship. She's pretty cool. You know, she's. Yeah, you know, but she, she's clearly more like she, she it, it seems pretty clear that she's going to wind up like in engineering with Scotty. Yeah, but but keep in mind in, in Star Trek 09, like like Chekhov was chief engineer for a bit. When what Scotty left the ship, when Scotty left the ship and into darkness, it was Chekhov who became chief engineer. Huh. He was the one, I can do this. I can do this. He Like, it's it's beam me up Chekhov in that. Yeah. Like, Chekhov's doing all the beaming. In, and so I could see her sort of filling, filling that role. And then, and then, you know, someone, someone going, you know, you know, warp speed, Mr. Chekhov. I'm sorry. And that, I think that's all you do. I don't think you say where he is, what he's done, if he's alive, if he's dead. You acknowledge that he's gone from the ship and that it's a little oh, hard disagree. for people that he's gone. No, I think I think he has to be dead. See, I think if it was a show, you do. But I think if it's a movie, I think that the movie has to be self-contained and can't spend too much time wrapping up the things from right now. I'm, I, I'm it stupid doesn't have for to spend that. a lot of time wrapping it up. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to. Like, that's the thing. It can be as simple as little remarks like there and later like you can have one conversation you can have you know what i mean because we don't know how like if they do you know if when whatever they do the next film where it's going to be in terms of how much later it is yeah i guess that's so you it's not like it has to be fresh for everybody but the thing is there's a very real loss there not just for us the people who were watching um, the loss of a character, where there's loss of a human being that that mattered, and to has the to be acknowledged. Who, yeah, who worked on the show. Um, I agree with you. That 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 will linger. So anytime they mention it, will that will are like automatically be there. I mean, it's like it's it's like how they did it in the last movie. You know, with with Spock when he just when Spock finds out that Spock Prime died, like and we didn't see it happen. He just gets the news. And then we find this picture and his stuff. And it's like, that's exactly the, the, the most respectful and the most proper way to deal with it. And it makes me cry and it hurts. Um, but I think it's supposed to because it's hurtful and bad and not and sad and we aren't happy about it. But that's yeah, the I way that you that. do it. And I think that that's what you would have to do for Chekhov as well. That's Speaking of Chekhov, um, I, I love that, we, that, that we're here to talk about this sort of stuff. Cause this is the conversation when we started this show, this is the kind of conversation that I always wanted to hear is, is, you know, you can't get this when you're having a show that just goes episode by episode through a show where you go, let's, let's look at this phenomenon that is real and affects these shows. And, and, you know, I, because there really is the, those, those, you know, you, the, the character who re- Oh, we we're missing one. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll just take two minutes. So we only have a second more to record, but uh, data data dies. Um, data doesn't die. Data absolutely dies no, at the end not. of Star Trek Nemesis. No, yes, he does. No. Um, uh, this is what I would say is the is the, there's no reason for it. It it is the perfunctory end of a movie death. Like the, we got to sacrifice someone. Um, uh, the interesting thing about Data's death uh, to me is that uh, my little brother Brett um, was, you know, just right around my son's age, right around 11 um, when Nemesis came out and we went 
and that Data's death had him weeping, where it had me a little sad. It also had me kind of scratching my head. But he was super affected, more affected than he was by Spock's death. Um, wow. Um, I is Data's death affecting to you? Um, no, because he's not dead. Why? Because of the B four thing. I'm just saying he's he's not. It, it, it's it's like the same reason that Arnold Schwarzenegger's not dead at Terminator 2 at the end. He's not. There's no uh-uh. Just because he can't die, or it, yes. or you just refuse to believe it. Both of those things. Yes. What? <laughs> yes to both of them. Well, he's, I think I I feel a like computer they... AI. No, <laughs> like there's no dying. No, disassemble. No. He's a, like, there's no. It's like, I know that Brent Spiner had a story for the follow up to Nemesis about the return of data. About how, because B4 is there. You have another. I think that Data's death is possibly the most mishandled um, in that his death accomplishes very little. He didn't have to die. The fact that he couldn't escape was stupidity on his part. Um, it it is uh, it is not emotionally moving to the plot. It do, it doesn't happen fifteen minutes earlier where that will motivate anything. It's just sort of a hey, this happened. Let's all be bummed out at the end. You know, it it does. It's trying to be the death of Spock and failing. Um, and the presence of before makes you feel like, well, maybe he isn't really dead. So you're sad he that isn't. he's dead, but but you're not sure if it, it's <coughs> like. No, I'm like, certain. I'm not I'm not unsure, dude. He's not he fucking defi- dead. He has well and in canon he's not dead either. If you read the uh if you like like it's so poorly handled that if you read the precursor to the two thousand nine movie, Data's just back. He's just still alive. Like like with no, with no real explanation. Um do you think that is like the definition of the mishandling of a death scene that I like, guess so. I mean that's but then it's I, I feel like we it's not even a death scene then right it's not but it's supposed not, to like clearly no. it's it's certainly written shot acted you know they all you know they they all you know have a glass of wine on the bridge to to honor Whatever, him. they like wine you know <laughs> wow de- de- are you in denial or are you, are you like you seem more in denial about his death than any of the others because he didn't fucking die that's why it's no it's no there's no okay. no he's not dead okay he's not dead it's just no it's that is the one thing that's been changed by the the the, the timeline it's not that the timeline was destroyed <laughs> it's that the one thing that happened is that data didn't die it's just he's he's not diable man he can't die there's no dying there's no dying in baseball. No, there's, there's no can't, dying there. in Star Trek. There's no there's dying some, some, in Star Trek. There's no dying for data. Somewhere, oh. somewhere, there's a there's a ship being piloted by Anton Yelchin, with uh with with uh not Genesis resurrected Spock, uh having interesting conversations with Data, while Yar is in the back uh complaining about rape gangs because she, she did like every three episodes. Um, uh, with uh, with Jadzia Dax, uh, teaching uh, teaching uh, Cass how to fight. That's all happening. <laughs> that's, that's all. Um, uh, do we even acknowledge the death of Trip Tucker? Because that's no. That's, also, that's, not dead. Uh, no, Trip Tucker is definitely dead. No, he's he, not. No. Here's no. why Trip's dead. Honestly, no. Hear me out. No. Here's why Trip's dead. Hear me out. I'm listening. 
But I'm not Trim, listening. Trip's dead because we have to acknowledge like what is clearly the worst death in Star Trek. The the worst possible. Hey, you know that main character you love? We're just gonna mention that he died. You That's just, why he's not dead. It's by the a, way, it's, Trip, it is a ploy. It's a it's a it's it's all a ruse, man. It's not like it real. To, it does get to the point, and and this is all in that final episode of of Enterprise, which is consistently like ranked. Which as, like, we the just worst don't even want to. Yeah, like that's just a um, terrible. But like, it's not like, even an episode ki- of Enterprise, so that's like why it's killing not bad. killing Trip in a sideline of conversation and a single line of dialogue makes you go, "What the fuck were they thinking?" Yeah, like what what do they put? And, and it's not like. It's not like Trip died, and because he died, we must go do this thing. It's or, or Trip died. Let's all be really sad about Trip. It's kind of like, boy, wish Trip were here. Too bad he died. It's just like, like what? what? Yeah. What, who, like did 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 somebody like go to like writing school to learn how to do that? <laughs> did someone? Did someone go? Hey, I got a really good idea. Here's my really good idea. We'll kill Trip by no. saying he's dead. Is not. And it will have no narrative weight whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes Brennan. Totally Brennan. What a great idea. <laughs> like someone signed off on it. Someone said, that's a really good plan. <laughs> like some, like, do you have imagine someone behind the scenes is like, if people are paying attention to that, that we're really screwing up. Yeah. Yes, you are. Well, and, it, <laughs> and it's Brandon Braga and Rick Berman, the runners of all of Star Trek, who wrote that final episode. Like. Golly. Like, Seriously, like, like seriously, if that hey. doesn't, if that does not just show you that they were so fatigued, I don't know what else. does. Yeah. And it wasn't even like, boy, it's too bad. Trip died saving those four planets of orphan children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we sure miss trip. We sure miss trip. It's a shame that he died curing all viruses and cancers. <laughs> no, just, just like, hey, trip sure dead, isn't he? Sure is. Sure is. That's, that's all. That a bitch. That's, like the the like uh, the most meaningless death possible. Like I guess that that's the one death you can mention. The character who's die who's dead not because the actor wants to be gone. Not and it's in the last three minutes of the show. Like not like, just like happens to be dead now. Right. That's it's almost like hey, where's Trip? Oh, you know he died. He died. Oh, shit, that's he, right. He died. Did he die like, for a reason? Did he die for a reason? Hey, what's over there? Like, it's just, no. Yeah, no, there he's was, not dead. There, I'm telling you, it's it's all a clever ruse. There, it's, no, he, no, it's not clever. That's the I'm thing. Fine, you're right. It's just a ruse. It's a it's, it's a poor it's ruse. Not, it's not even a ruse. It's, it's the point. Not it's truth. the it's the it's point not, at which you can see dead. past the fourth wall. It's the point at which you can see behind the curtain to the point to just go. This is clearly something that was written. Like it's it serves no purpose except to make you angry. It didn't make me sad. It made me angry. I was just like, what? Yeah, I don't, I won't, I don't acknowledge it. I, he's not dead. Like, I absolutely refuse to give that any weight. If you're not yeah. going to give it any weight as a writer, yeah, um, I'm not going to give it any weight Data's, as a Data's clearly <laughs> so. more dead than he is, because at least Data has like a little scene afterward. We're like, hey, we miss, we miss Data. And I guess he did kind of die destroying the ship that we could have kind of destroyed it anyway in a different way. Um and you know, I, I and and I guess you know it kind of makes sense that he would do it, even though you know he's really smart. He would have devised another way to get away, and I guess it kind of makes sense that the warp core is in the middle of the bridge and can destroy it with a phaser. But 
He's because he's not dead, dude. That's what I'm saying. That's the only. If you if you are gonna have such a ridiculous, like if you're gonna in the next in the next Star Trek movie, it's just throw data that going, shit out there and cheapen it. Like I will not acknowledge that it's a thing. It doesn't Star- count. Star no. Trek Star Trek Eleven Star Trek Eleven starts uh starts with uh with data sitting there going. So I made a significantly stupider version of myself. I called right. it data. I made yeah. it so that this character in the let's, midst of it. Let's be clear. Christ- the end of that movie is absolutely and in all ways exactly the end of Short Circuit. Interesting. That's very interesting. But it is. Like like just short just short of having the three stooges. It's like absolutely. It I'm saying no- it's the end of that how do how does that movie end? We think he died. But he built another him out of the parts he had in the back of the truck. Okay. Yeah, Spoiler clearly, alert, they're, they're, the clearly there are lots of data parts lying around. Um, I'm just saying. Or, he's not so he shows fucking up, dead. He, it's the short circuit ending. He shows they up and says, hey, 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 guess what, guys? Just kidding. How do you know yeah. I'm just kidding? Well, let's go through it. One, the data you saw last had, the data you saw last had emotions. Couldn't just choose the... Or, or had at least an emotion chip, didn't just not have one for no reason and say he feels nothing. Also, the data that you're used to doesn't have a brother somewhere that he can find over billions of light years of separation and certainly wouldn't choose a time of, of intergalactic crisis to put his brother together. Also, wouldn't dress himself up as his brother to get to the other ship. Wouldn't then try to do a giant space jump, having only one mechanism of ways of getting back. And after a million times of watching phasers being able to be programmed to blow up on their own, wouldn't send the captain back without grabbing onto him too and decide to shoot the warp core. It's the biggest prank ever. Data's a dick. I'm telling you, man, it's the short circuit. Data, you're a dick. Why'd you do that? He's not dead. He's just he's just not dead. Yeah. So Death's gonna Star he's Trek. gonna he's gonna come out out of the you know, the rubble in the back of the truck. <laughs> in in the cargo hold of the, in the enterprise. Data's like, alive. Alive. <laughs> alive. Data alive. Input. Input. No really, no, really. input. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my name is Justin. <laughs> my name's Alexi. Check off input. Check <laughs> off it is. Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it, if you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription, or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.